It's Thursday, February 18th, 2021, and you are listening to Narratives from the Black Diaspora and Beyond. If you were raised in a metropolitan area, you may or may not be familiar with graffiti. You'll see graffiti everywhere, from the park benches to the bus stops. And while some may regard graffiti as a public nuisance and destruction of property, to the artists, it is so much more. A chance to explore different mediums or sending a political message. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Saitzilla, a graffiti artist from Los Angeles. We discussed everything from graffiti's origins alongside hip-hop, the racism within the art world, particularly the anti-blackness within the graffiti community, and the way art heals. I hope you find today's episode as informative and enlightening as I did. My preferred pronouns are he, him, and I'm from South Central Los Angeles. So what led me to be become an artist and i'm a i I prefer to call myself a graffiti artist uh was hip-hop um just the dying out of the culture and we used to do a lot of break dancing at school and i got stuck into it but it also found out did some research about the other elements of hip-hop and found out about the graffiti aspect the the art of expression i mean all of it all of hip-hop is expression but i got very attracted to graffiti and I started doing a lot of graffiti. What age? Uh, I started doing it really late, probably like in my 20s. Oh, nice. And so did you like eight. see certain people doing it? And that's what kind of drew you to that? You know what? I saw like the, the artistic side of it. Uh, I saw different people in my school. So basically a lot of people were at my school will conjugate and they'll have circles where everyone hangs out together and they'll draw and do their designs and all that. Um, a lot of people don't know that about graffiti, that there's a lot of circles, black book circles, uh, art book circles, where we all get together and draw kind of like a healing circle in a way where everybody uh, compares, they draw everybody kind of like, a, I will call it a, a sort of artistic foreplay. My style is basically more street. I like doing throwies and I like doing tags. I'm not really big on piecing, but that 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 um, terminology might not be familiar with. And as I talk more about it during interviews, a lot of people do not know much about graffiti. They only know the negative aspects of it. 
So I do plan on writing a book that kind of breaks down what graffiti is and what it's not, kind of like a graffiti one-on-one book. Because uh, a lot of people and librarians like yourself have told me there's not a lot of literature about graffiti art. But little do you know, uh, what most people know is Black people are the pioneers of graffiti art, going all the way back to New York, going back to a guy named Cornbread. Uh, he used to write on elephants um, and different artists that were Black. A lot of, of the earliest pioneers of graffiti are Black, but you, won't, you don't see that today. Would you say there's then uh, like a gentrification of graffiti, you know, slash street art? Lately, there has been a lot of gentrification of graffiti and street art. I mean, there's a difference between street art and graffiti. And there's been a war that a lot of people don't know about against graffiti artists and street artists. It's been ongoing, but it's not televised or documented. But street art is mostly your legal art that people get paid to do or to get a permit to do. Graffiti is just straight illegal work, whether it be beautiful or not. So that's the difference between the two. Gentrification um, is getting pretty bad, but a lot of Blacks stopped doing graffiti back in the like early 90s when the gang culture became more popular and selling drugs and uh, making money was more, made more sense than just hanging out, writing on stuff. So when they, when black people stopped doing so much graffiti, that's when the Latino culture and white started like picking it up and keeping it going. Well, maybe I should rephrase this. <laughs> what do you think of this misconception, uh, you know, how people interchange, use it interchangeably, you know, street art and graffiti. Mm-hmm. You think it's because, uh, as you say, like black people just kind of disconnected, you know, themselves from graffiti art or is it, is it something else? I think, uh, you know, graffiti, graffiti was related to hip hop, but as hip hop changed, uh, society changed too. Uh, I think people forget how influential music and hip hop is. A lot of the most com- the more commercial hip hop talks about selling drugs, uh, sleeping with someone else's girl, and all that. But earlier hip hop talked about more of the problems going on, um, doing art and, and regular, uh, more realistic things, and more positive or spoke about what's going on. Hip hop, a lot of hip hop that there's a, there's a lot of conscious hip hop, but it's not commercialized. And the commercialized hip hop that's out now is this is not healthy. So I feel like if if I don't know if this will happen, if the more positive hip hop about expression and talks about graffiti, etc., was more commercialized, then people would come back to it. However, me and many people have these talks about how can you bring. My mom told me that she was cool with me doing graffiti. As long as I don't be gang banging or selling drugs. So I I think is that's part of it. And the other part of it is that you don't really see a lot of black people doing graffiti. You don't see it. So people don't think it's uh, exists. They don't think black people really do graffiti. And in my history, I've only met three or four out of like maybe the thousands of people of uh black people that do graffiti. It's only a couple, only a handful. 
biggest challenge was probably the racism. That was the biggest challenge. Um, getting into graffiti, you know, there's only other two other graffiti, black graffiti artists in the city. And um, all the other ones have retired. They don't do it anymore. But, you know, racism from Latinos, racism from white, from whites, they didn't respect me. They didn't um, think, and, they, and a lot of them still don't because of the, the racism. Um, that was one of the biggest hurdles. Uh, the second hurdle is building up the courage and the self-esteem to create uh, alter ego and an archetype that can go out there and be better than all the other graffiti artists. Um, you know, like I was one of, I started from the bottom as a graffiti artist and I made my way to the top. Um, I, only, I even got uh, incarcerated for doing graffiti. Um, they gave me uh, nine years in prison for graffiti. Uh, I was looking at uh, 34 years in prison for doing graffiti. I took a plea deal for nine years, and uh, which a lot of people still don't believe to this day. But that's how influential I was, and that's how much I was, uh, how active I was. Um, but that I was in, that's probably the third biggest hurdle, getting through prison as a graffiti artist. Because a lot of people didn't believe I was in there for that. And all the racial barriers and all the different things I broke while I was in there. I also can see why people would be in disbelief. Well, they wanted to make an example out of me. Um, that's one thing. Uh, I was a full-time college student. I had two full-time jobs. So uh, working and being a, act, a good member of society did not matter. All that matters, I was black and I was committing a crime and I need to be locked up and engaged inside the, the prison industrial complex. I wrote a book about it. I haven't published it yet. Um, it's coming out soon. Just looking for a publishing company. And yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting, this graffiti experience. Now it goes back to where you said, you know, street muralists and graffiti artists, it's not interchangeable. And I totally see what you mean. I think I think it's kind of like a art, artistic capitalism. Um, these people, I'm not going to say who they are, but these people come in and take the styles and they take the, the culture and they stand on the backs of the people that have done it illegally and they didn't get paid for it to get the permits and the, and the funding. But they don't they don't give back to the graffiti culture. They're just using it to build their own brand. And then other people see, I mean, it's okay when a white person does it in most cases, but when it's a person of color, it's a whole other story. You know, no one they made an example out of me and they a lot of people it scared a lot of people. I uh, made a lot of people cry because it wasn't it didn't make sense. Like my bell was a million dollars. I couldn't bail out. Who's gonna? How can I afford a million dollar bail? Um, my restitution still time paying to this day. It's like um, seventy thousand dollars restitution, and then I have felony convictions, felony prison convictions on my record, which makes it very difficult to find any kind of employment because if they see felony vandalism, they don't think about graffiti. They think that maybe I blew up something, or maybe I destroyed something. Since I've been released, I've been sharing the pains 
of, of all the people that have been formerly incarcerated that have a hard time trying to uh, maintain financial stability and, and pursue a career that they really want to in their heart, but they can't because of a system that says, uh, we will continue to punish you for your past crimes, even though you changed. Um, I've told my story in LA Weekly and a lot of different outlets, and I felt like if people really wanted to show interest, they would have gotten in contact with me. But I'm hoping maybe, maybe with the release of the book, it will reach more people and more people can know what happened, what's going on with our justice system. Um, let other, let the youth know around the country um, how petty they can be because it will throw you, lock you up for graffiti. I think I've gotten, if you go against Book of Records, I've probably gotten the most time served sentence for graffiti. I think another guy got four years, someone claimed close to six. I think another guy got eight, but I got uh, eight months, eight years, eight months sentence. So I, I hold the, the record. And it's crazy because the way they do the point system in prison is where they're going to house you. So since I had so much time and I was still young, uh, my points added up to a very high level where I had to be put with um, high level offenders. So here I am with people that do strong arm robbery, committed murder because of the point system. I'm in there for a nonviolent crime. I'm over here with, uh, I'm sitting in a cell with someone that shot and killed some people. They have less time than me, but because of my sentence, it doesn't matter whether it's violent or not, I have to be pressed, placed, placed in um very dangerous situation and I saw a lot of dangerous stuff and I saw the underbelly of the prison industrial complex and I talk about it in the book it's not it's not a pretty place but it's not what you think it's not what people what they put on tv it's uh a lot of things can be changed in there if if the government and the people that run the prisons can um if they want to I still go out and do illegal stuff here and there um, just to, I, I love it. Um, I don't do any more city or state property anymore, but, uh, legal work. No, I haven't, I haven't done that yet. Um, well, the, the main one is that black people don't do that. Black people don't do that. And that's a, a big misconception. Another one I've heard is that, and which I'm still trying to prove is that you cannot um, make money off of graffiti art. You cannot do it. So I'm, on, I'm working on proving that misconception wrong. The third one is, is that like, um, people of color can't rise up in the art, art, art world. It's a very racist, racist, and um, it's a lot of judgment. It's so tribal. It's so like connect, it's so interconnected. You have to know certain people to move up in the art world and it's very racist. Only certain people get exposed. I know a lot of people of color are amazing artists, but they never get the time of day or never get exposed. But I can see other artists that are not of color, not as a talented, but they're just they just they just know the right people. And people praise that art and that work. It has no soul, no spirit. 
injected into it. So I would say that's the misconception that like that everybody can make it in the art world, regardless of your color. It's not true. It's not true. No, it's harder. It's harder. It's more work for people of color to make it in the art world than a white person. It's just a reflection of our system, our capitalistic system, and um, the racist undertones that still exist that created this country. And another thing that what happens is that uh, people of color, I mean, I'm not going to say color, but um, people get uh, ripped off on their art, trying to get exposure. I think I got invited to showcase my art at a show, but they wanted me to pay like uh, a tax on whatever I sold and entry fee and all that. And I was just like, nah, it's not. That's not right. They taxing the artists before they can even sell any work. So it's uh, there's a lot of artists out there. They have a lot. Uh, there's a lot of messages they want to put out there. We need that. It's important. But um, this system that we're in suffocates proper expression. There's still conscious hip hop out there. There's conscious. I feel like. Hip hop was like alchemy. I don't know if you know the term alchemy. And then, you know, the church got involved when it felt like it was a big influence and separate the spiritual from the science. They took the spirit out of alchemy, now you got chemistry. So basically, the commercialized aspects of hip hop are just art without the spirit. And, and, and it's art without the spirit induced in it. But there's still art that has the spirit in it, but it's not. It's hard to find. It's like under rocks or buried treasure. You don't even know, most people don't even know how to find it. All we have is what they spoon feed us most of the time, what they put in our faces, what they force force on us, which is not not real hip hop. It's not, it's lacking spirit. It's only it's only showcasing um it's showcasing and programming pain and one side of the coin, which is only profit to um, economy and people buying stuff and killing, only profits to prison industrial complex and the economy. It doesn't, it doesn't um, inspire growth, it doesn't inspire looking within, it doesn't inspire hope and promise. East Coast have more freedom. On the West Coast, it's a little bit more of a style kind of thing. Um, I think that's because it'll be more people on the West Coast are more bougie. They're more fancy. They want to be like, oh, look at me. Look at, I look at my style. But on the West, on the East Coast, it's not like that. And if you go to the East Coast, people don't really trip off a style like that. Central East and East Coast, as long as you look fresh and whatever you're wearing, you, you, you cool, that's cool. You fly. But on the West Coast, it's like, the graffiti kind of follows the standard of society. Over in the West Coast, it's very bougie. People wear one kind of shoe, they wear this kind of clothes, and everybody's trying to follow the lead. So that's what that's the kind of graffiti we got over here, over in the Central East and the East Coast. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to express, that's the kind of graffiti. So I will say on the East Coast, Central East, you got more graffiti has more freedom of expression as far as style. Well, on the West Coast, it's a little bit more. Everyone's trying to follow a certain kind of style to appease uh, certain people and get as many likes as possible 
I got the social media cancer, I guess you can call it, from trying to please people versus pleasing themselves. Graffiti artists that there's a there's about 20, 30 percent of them that uh, they do canvas, they have studios, they do that. Um, that they, they they there's people that have that they can both. Um, I don't like doing both personally. I feel like um, the canvas work is controlled. Um, I like doing a, I like doing graffiti because it's not controlled. It's not it's not predictable. It's in your face. Uh, right now, we're working on a, a campaign right now to do more conscious graffiti because uh, words are powerful. And if you put them in places they're not supposed to be, they're gonna wake up certain people and spark certain people. Right now, most, I say 90%, 95% of graffiti is ego-based, which, which is a representation of our culture and the hip hop culture. They're just talking about themselves, what they got, what they're doing, but that's not really helping us grow. But if we can create some conscious graffiti, whether it be illegal or, or legal, illegal or legal, it will start waking up people and it will spark some change. To me, graffiti is like the black people of art. They it revolutionized and pioneered a lot of different things, and it will never get credit for it. Not yet, right now, because there's a lot of different ads and commercial signs and that are graffiti-like. And I think personally, before graffiti started hitting the subways and the streets like that, there weren't billboards like that. There weren't billboards in your face like that. They people take from culture like they take from black people and build on it and make it their own and never give credit to where get, the origins of it. But they don't want to do that because then you give them too much power to people they feel they don't deserve it. I mean, me and my girl get into an argument all the time. She always wants me to create stuff to sell. Uh, I'm like, I don't want to always create stuff to sell it. It takes the the passion out of it and the want to do it out of it. Like it takes the joy out of it. And I tell her to me, like me when I go out and do graffiti, it's like me holding my true love's hand. We're out there. That's a metaphysical experience. It's release. Um, you know, I'm doing art, so I'm healing trauma because people don't know that art heals trauma. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing. A, I'm doing a lot of healing when I'm out there by myself. I'm in meditation. I'm in contemplation. And um, when you're doing it for money, the intentions and the are all different. You're thinking about the money and thinking about oh, I need to do this, get about out by this time. There's different type of, type of energy injected into that. And then, yeah, I do believe capitalism is affects art like all like a, like many things in this world capitalism is an issue but it does affect the art and the artist because there's people out there that really want to create art but they can't because they have to work i know a lot of artists right now they're talented they are so talented but they can't work without i mean they can't produce art without having a job and paying sleep and paying the bills there's no time to produce art because you're keeping up with this capitalistic model that you're stuck in this rat race where you can't even be yourself and express yourself. You're a slave sacrificing your passions and dreams.
there's a lot of low balling. A lot of people don't really appreciate art. They don't understand the, the labor of it. It's a lot of low balling. A lot of people actually do a lot of things for cheap. Basically, if I did the work, I'll be getting paid like $5 an hour, $4 an hour. People don't respect art. Um, and I'm trying to understand why. I'm trying to understand that why it's not respected. But it's more respected when a, a non person of non color does it. It's more respected. It's more authentic, I guess. But that's that goes back to racism and the the cancer around the world that white white is better and, and lighter skin is better. I've been all around the world, and everyone is trying to find follow, follow the American culture and try to lighten their skin and be white. I mean, that's why they had to control it since the Medi on the, I forgot what ages, but the times of Leonardo da Vinci, they have to control art. I mean, he did a lot of different things behind the scenes and in his paintings that was, he had to um, kind of hide it in a way. Art is powerful and that's why they control the entertainment industry. That's why they control a lot of the art platforms because it is, it, it can move people, it could wake people up and it can cause um, anarchy. And they got, they don't want that. They don't want nobody. That's why Banksy is so wanted around the world right now. Um, even though that's, they don't know who Banksy is. They're trying to lure him out with money. And then you have all these art people making money off of. He did, he's not collecting any of that money for what I know. But people, art collectors are cutting his art off the walls and selling it and reselling it and making money. He's not making money like that as an artist. Um, but he has this big, it just shows you the power of art and what it can do, how it inspires people, makes them think, makes them wake up. And uh, we need more of that. A lot of the art that I see, no offense to the artists, it just goes with the flow. It's polite. It's not, it's not vulgar. It's, it's right. It's in between the lines, like a coloring book. Don't go outside the lines. You still want to make it look pretty and presentable. But what about the art that we need that goes outside the lines, goes outside the box to help us become a better person, but better people and uh, create a better future for the kids that are coming. With all that being said, would you say then art is inherently political? Not enough. It's not enough. If, if that was the case, if that was the case, then a Banksy wouldn't be as popular as it is. Most of the um, art is not political. I see people drawing faces of girls and different things. I'm like, oh, that's cute, that's pretty, but it's not. It's not speaking to me. And I think that's what everyone's thirsty for, starving for. They're starving for art that can speak to their soul and speak to their hearts. Right now, it's it's fast. I call it fast food art. Oh, that's cool. All right. Uh, okay. But it didn't feed your soul. It's not talking to you. It's no chicken soup. I don't see. I, I would. I would dare you to name one artist that does art that speaks to your soul and makes you want to just grow and evolve. Go to white area. There's art everywhere. You got art districts and everything. You're like, oh, this is pretty. You go to the hood. They purposely are buffing it out, making it look bland. 
why can't our why can our neighborhood look all nice and jazzy and colorful and art everywhere? They don't want it to. What do you feel like social media has done to graffiti artists? Do you find it mm-hmm. cool to see, you know, people from around the world doing, you know, graffiti art such as yourself? I'm curious about what your thoughts are. It's pros and cons to it. Just like anything in life, it's pros and cons. Social media has made it easier for people to become a graffiti artist. Because, um, but you don't know if they're really a real graffiti artist or not. They can be writing in the back of their house somewhere. You don't even know that's on the street or not. And then it's made people forget. It's done more harm than good for graffiti artists because now everybody can be seen no matter what they're doing and everyone in the competition to get the most most likes for doing the most crazy graffiti stuff. It is making the people's egos even larger. The larger the ego, the less um, less conscious that art is. The graffiti artists also. So it's destroying just like a lot of like kids and other people, social media is only destroying the graffiti artists. It might give them more exposure, but it's giving birth to a lot of graffiti artists that don't even know why they're doing it. They don't understand why they're doing it and what the origins of it was about. They're just doing it for likes and clout. They're not doing it for the love and not for the for the the origins, the origin story, which is a uh, expression and unity and telling the message. It's unfortunate. Um, and the way the algorithms are set up um, on social media, it can um, create all these different anxieties, depression, and self-doubts about be, being an artist, period. Because now you, you're looking at all these feeds of different people's art, and you're like, oh, man, I'm not as good as that. How come that person doing that? How come I can't do that? And now you're questioning yourself, and it uh, it destroys a lot of artists and make it puts them in a bad place. And social media, personally, um, I don't think it's healthy anymore. I, I stay off of it. I only use it for messaging. Uh, but I stay off of it because um, after all the research I've done on social media, it's not it's not healthy. But everything in moderation, of course. But a lot of people, they're, they have engineers. Um, what do they say? They have an intention engineers for social media that pulls people in and gets them sucked in. And that that attention they give to social media creates this dopamine in the brain, which leads to all these different um, illnesses and diseases with on a metaphysical level, emotional level, and spiritual level. And I'm not even, that's a whole nother conversation right there. That's a whole nother interview. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, um, social media has not helped graffiti artists help them get seen and it's have, have probably helped um the police and the state be able to build a better case on artists because now they don't have to go out and take pictures they can just go to the you know their uh profile download and black like, here let's create this warrant and then they take you to court and they're like well we have his profile right here this is all the places he's done it at this is where he's you know 
dry uh, social media has made it a, a great platform for dry snitching. Yeah, I mean, look at the system. Like, as long as everything's polite inside the bounds and inside the lines, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay if it's inside a gallery no, where nobody will see it. It's okay if it's in certain designated areas where nobody will see it. So we don't want people waking up or thinking. But they don't want people thinking. They want people to just be like, just bob their heads to the beat, in traffic, in school. We're going to tell you what you need to learn and what you need to uh, remember. Their history, his history, not her history, not her story. A lot of people are scared. Everybody's trying to be safe. They don't want that heat. There's and that's that comes with the capitalism. Everybody knows if you do some fire art that speaks against the system, they're gonna come for you. And then we're leaving we're living in a state of fear, but people are waiting for the art that will speak to them directly, that will touch their soul and spark, uh, give them the spark they need to rise up, start a revolution. <laughs>
to have mental illnesses. They want us to be sick. They want us to suffer. They want us to conflict with each other and with ourselves so we can stay at the bottom and um, give more energy and power to this prison industrial complex that people have bought into in the stock market and other places. It's a, it's a nasty system and people of color try to use art to get out of it. But right now, it's a Band-Aid and medicine. I'll say that too. It's a, um, it's a drug. It's an addiction that a lot of people can't break from. I go on social media every now and then and I'm on there for about five minutes. And I can't even tell you how many selfies I see from men and women within those five minutes. It's crazy. And if you don't get, and some people, if they don't get enough likes, they they feel bad, they get depressed. But little do they know is that the platforms only repost certain things. So I can go in there and post conscious stuff, won't get no circulation. No likes, but if I post something that's trapped, gutter, nasty, hateful, that thing is spinning like crazy. And it's like it's like that on purpose, and people don't see it. They're just they're sucked in. It's an addiction. you say to someone who is interested in gra- graffiti art what would you say what's like the biggest thing that you would say that you wish you could have told your younger self when you started out um you can learn graffiti and let me teach you let me teach you the conscious way how to do it because when i started learning the, the the misconception is in graffiti is that you, no one can teach you Graffiti, you have to learn it on your own. That's a misconception. And nobody wanted to teach me because I was black. Nobody wanted to teach me. So my early graffiti career was doing a lot of graffiti don'ts that got me in a lot of trouble. Um, I would like to teach people the, the do's and don'ts so they can be safe and they know how to conduct themselves when doing graffiti versus getting into situations that I got into where people want to fight me, people want to kill me, people want to shoot at me, because I didn't know the rules and nobody wanted to teach me. And me being black, um, nobody wanted to, no one took me seriously. They didn't think I wanted to like really do it. You know, uh, I say black people in graffiti are taken as seriously as women that do graffiti. and. Um, Women in graffiti, there's very limited, but it's a male-dominated sport with has that's overflowing with patriarchy, egotism, and misogyny. So you have a woman that starts doing graffiti. They don't even look, most men, if you don't look at her as an artist, they look at her as another person to conquer. And most women in graffiti don't get respect. They just look at, um, men look at them as another person to conquer. Another person that try to have sex with, they, I guess they respect them less. It's weird. Um, but if I could tell my old self, I would be like, find that one person. 
uh, really wants to teach you. Um, and if someone wanted to learn, there's I ran into a couple people on social media that are having problems with graffiti. And I, I give them my link and I tell them, you got any questions, let me help you. So you don't end up lost and you'd be more confident because we need more people to express themselves. And you don't know where that role might lead you. And that they might do graffiti for another month, another five years, but as long as it leads them to a place to be more independent, more daring, more, more have more courage and be more expressive and to be more themselves, then that's all I'm about. Because graffiti can be a life coach. And that's what I am. I have done seminars. Um, I've done workshops where I show how graffiti heals. And that was, has been a success. I have people come in there with their arms folded. Like, I don't know. I don't know how graffiti heals. And they come out of there happy. I give them black books and they enjoy themselves. And we need more women in graffiti too. We need more women. Because women bring a whole different element in a man can. That's in everything. A woman can bring different elements than any man can. So I haven't done a workshop. It's been about two years since I've done one. Um, but the last time I done one, it was for the Department of Mental Health. They gave me some money. They gave me about two thousand dollars to have a workshop. Um, because they believe also that art heals mental mental illness. And this um, workshop was full of grandmothers and stay-at-home moms because of the time. And I gave everyone black books. I had everyone have markers. And I showed them how to draw the basics of how to draw. But I wanted them, it was important that they draw it in their own way. I still have pictures of it, too, I could show you. And they all, we drew the word love. And everyone drew it in their own way. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. We had the music playing. We got Sade playing. We got the um, yes. white, we got the white stage burning, and everybody was just like drawing, like and they asking me if they're doing it right, talking and all that. And what they created was just like it was them, a reflection of them on a metaphysical level, and they loved it. Um, I told them they can do this while they cooking some beans on the stove they can do it while they just need to decompress and to vent they can just draw a word um they love it so much they took extra books like hey can i take a book for my son and my grandson and i told them on that first on that day they were all initiated as graffiti artists they're all now graffiti artists now just don't get caught right by the way thank you for no, doing this. Cool. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so um, much. My girl, I guess, saw it and then sent it to me. And then I was like, all right, I'll do it, you know, for Black History Month and all that. And um, we should do more interviews, though. Yes. Yes. Of course. I've been talking to people. People have been telling me, like, they want to hear more about graffiti because they don't know nothing about it. And my girl said that she's been looking for literature. She can't find nothing on graffiti. It's like a, a popular unknown territory. It's popular, but no one's talked about it. 